Hello, everyone, and again, our patrons over at Patreon, we have to give them a shout-out. They are Aperba, Nate Hansen, Rock the Green, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Kelby Goodman, Greg Wallen, Zach Duran, Daniel, and Kara Lighting. Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting this podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we are talking about something close to my home uh, growing up. Uh, We are talking about the wild history of Camp Wandawiga. We also have great Wisconsin music from Dessa Bully, another beer review, and of course, we have another edition of How Many Locos You Had. Wow. Um, hey, if you haven't already, uh, I know this is episode 134 and we are still asking, uh, but uh, please rate us. Give us five stars or whatever you think we're, uh, we're deserving of. And uh, you can do that on any of the, the places that you listen to the podcast. So if you're a Spotify person or Google Music or anything like that, just uh, go over there. Give us a little bit of a rate, uh, a review if you can. Write a little something. Show some love. Show some love. Give us some loves. All right. Also, if you can, stop over at our website, WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. And that's where you can find links to Patreon and uh, the tea public stuff. And, and we do have some other um, t-shirt uh, uh, ventures opening up here pretty soon. Oh, so yeah. we'll have uh, links and, and things for all that uh, right on our website. As soon as that's available. And, and obviously we'll make some sort of a, a post uh, on Instagram or, or Facebook and, and let you know when those things actually drop. And this will be some limited release. Type this will be, yeah, very <clears throat> limited release kind of things. And, um, yeah, very cool stuff. Really, really happy to be uh, to be able to to kind of do some stuff like this. Now, uh, you know, this is the new year, and it's uh, almost almost three years since we started yeah, this thing. Pretty crazy. To yeah, be honest. come in uh, May, that'll be the third <laughs> it's year. Unreal. So very, very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, uh, we'll we'll jump right into the episode here. Camp Wandawiga. What I mean. What's so wild about a fucking, uh, you know, a sh- uh, country fucking campsite <laughs> resort? <laughs> well, from summer camps to Hummer camps. That's what yeah. I'm talking about here. It gets pretty wild. And I spent way too much time researching this one. And uh, some of the future Hummer episodes, camps, because I took so much time on this one, we had to kind of s- sum those ones down just to take up the time on this one. Because it's just so crazy. And uh, some may not know this, but uh, surprise, my co-host actually grew up in this area um, along Wandawiga there. Um, the history is stranger than fiction and uh, from gangsters to hoes to straight up summer camp in Wisconsin. And you can't make this shit up, right? I mean, this is like the actual stuff that happened here. It's unreal. 
I wish this was going on a little bit closer to my time too, but you know, yeah, apparently it's not. Getting a gripper in the old canoe. <laughs> but <laughs> but <Dutch> before, <laughs> before the white folks started to show up in this area, it actually was a location of an unnamed tribe of the, uh, I think it's the Onido, the Onida. Is that how you say it? I think it's the Onida people, um, yeah. that, which were artisans, farmers, and traders. And this was actually before the Potawatomi and the Winnebago actually came to the area. It was until 1833 when the Treaty of Chicago forced them, along with many of the others, to move off the land to places like Kansas and Oklahoma territories. Sure, they gave them, like, big plots of land out there as, like, repayment, but get out of here. <laughs> go go out over there. Yeah, and the white settlement began um, coming to this area around the 1840s when folks like James Strang the old Mormon pirate there that we yeah, talked the, about in one of our previous episodes. Like Pretty from the nuts. Burlington area or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Vorey was what yeah, it's called, but yep. it's basically Burlington. What is today Burlington? Sure, sure. And originally the lake was dubbed Otter Lake in the 1870s and later changed to Russell Lake as the Russell family were a prominent uh, family in that area. And actually some of the Russells still are in that town, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, I, I do, yeah, I do know of at least one person with the last name Russell. I think we went to school with somebody with the yeah, last name Russell. There was too. a teacher with the last name Russell yeah, too yeah, from yeah. that area yeah. as well. So yeah, and, and that's, no relation to you because of course your first name's Russell. <laughs> yeah, but I I can still stake claim on that land. I'm taking yeah, it over, yeah. so Yeah. But, At one point you did own that lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, my budget I definitely did. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eventually the land would change hands to uh, the Chicago Developments uh, who actually renamed it to Lake Wandawega to invoke the native origin roots. It became a destination for many of the chi in uh, Chicago fashion, obviously, uh, coming to Wisconsin, the old uh, national park of uh, uh, Illinois. Of there. course, yeah. Our, our uh, friends to the south who just absolutely love our They love vacationing uh, here, dude. Our state. It's a great state for just vacationing, but then they want to bail. They don't. <laughs> of course they do, yeah. At least they pay money. Like, they bring a lot of money to the a state. Ton. Man, so a ton. A ton. So. Um, but it was actually an affordable blue-collar destination. So, like, middle-class middle families could actually come here and actually enjoy this awesome lake. Right. So many people came up here, uh, and around the early 20s, with the invention of the Model T, it was a destination for Chicago folks to head to. And also buy up early uh, real estate around the lake as it was cheap. And it only costed about 240 bucks an acre, which is kind of a lot of money, but it's not that bad for a lake property. I was just going to say, for lake property, I suppose, you know, and... and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, but uh, yeah, it's not like Lake Wandawega is a a big lake. It's not. It's certainly not a recreation lake. Uh, it's definitely more for your fishing and uh, just sort of um, floating, if you will. Good for like little swimming uh, uh, activities with your kids and stuff, but by no means are you going to be taking a speedboat out there. I don't even know if you can have a motor on that lake. For the yeah, longest I, time, you couldn't. But. Yeah, I don't know if you can or not. I think yeah. you might be able to have a small trolling motor you for, might, like a, yeah. for fishing boats and stuff, but that's about it. But what's messed up in kind of early in the history is uh, the African-American, um, there was a group of African-Americans that were willing to purchase for 1400 an acre, which is way more than the $240. Right, above but, asking. But because, you know, the rich business white man was like, oh, we only want respectable families, even though, you know, right. that's obviously like the times, right? It's so yeah. racist and messed a, up. but Super racist idea. Just yeah. how it was back then. And, uh, you know, this land became so well known that even famous people came around here, including uh, Anna Anders Anderson, who was at, also known as uh, Orphan, Orphan Annie. Annie yeah. yeah, had a place on the lake. Which little is, Orphan Annie. Yeah, she just... Just cute little girl just in the streets, cute, just in the gutter. Just a little baby that's an orphan. 
but uh, with a radio show. So here's where crack gets pretty wild, right? In 1925, the area was, which is now known as Camp Wandawiga, had what was known as the uh, Wandawiga Hotel, which is uh, the period of prohibition at this time too. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, so it gained some notoriety as a local speakeasy, and of course, gaining interest by the like famous gangsters Al Capone. You know, your normal Chicago gangsters. The, came the very it. normal Elkhorn yeah. uh, Lake. Uh, Lake country kind of uh, idea gangsters yeah so in 1928 a place of uh, it was established as a place of known liquor prostitution and gambling where you could go fishing and get a rip and grip while you're just casting yep. for a couple bass out there bass to ass right yep that's <laughs> that's how wanda week goes so <laughs> there were multiple exits trap doors and uh, hidden hatches to conceal stockpiles doors <laughs> oh yeah it was fucking traps it's a fucking trap house the trap house it was, a, it was an early trap house god for the flappers but uh there were stockpiles of booze and cash inside these trap doors and eventually the feds catch wind of this and in 1931 the place was actually temporarily shut down which was known shut down. yeah which is known as the uh, prohibition padlock yeah it was kind of the terminology right right so in the 1930s, even with the feds closing things down, where uh, prohibition comes to an end and starts right up, um, the demand for booze, ladies of the evening, evening gambling, it's always in high demand, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're a grease ball, you got to get all those things. That's the trifecta That's, of grease. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how there's gym tan laundry for, you know, like the Jersey folk or whatever that... That's what, you know, that's the same thing for, you know, Wanda Wiga folk. Dude, sketchy folks, man. It's the trifecta. Yep. Booze, gambling, hoes. Yep. So, um... So, yeah, the tavern named, which was actually named after the famous orphan Annie, is a popular hangout for uh, many children, including criminals on the run north for local law enforcement. Uh, gangsters and Chicago folks looking for some fun. This place became also known as the a body house of ill fame. And eventually owner nice. and, and Beck, Beckford Peck is found guilty of all the illegal activities and is sentenced away to the Teichita Women's Prison in Fond du Lac yeah. in 1942. She actually got caught. She was selling some ladies, some yeah. booze, doing some grease gambling. If you're in the business of selling some crotch yeah, and some hooch, you, you're probably going to get fucked around this time. You, you know what's crazy is like growing up, you watch all these gangster movies and you're like, you like envy them because they have so much cash, but all of them end up dead or in prison. Well, and, you know what I mean? Like they never get to really spend their spoils. They, they, yeah, exactly. so they end up getting killed. It's never worth, you know, the fruits of the labors because they never get to do anything. But then also... Uh, is it always is it is it worth it at all when you've got to constantly have your eyes over your shoulders? For sure, it's you like, feel like there's a target on your back around every corner, and uh, either the feds are looking for you, so you're looking out for them, or the rival gang is is you know wanting to you know kick your ass. And you want to know what? Like, there's no such thing as a smart gangster. I mean, if you were a smart gangster no. pulling in big fucking cash, like don't be spending it like you yeah. you know like you're going out of style, dude. Right. Don't be getting sick chains and fucking dope ass Cadillacs with hydraulics. Right. The feds are like, oh, how do you get that? He doesn't right. have a job. Let's get him. Well, you know and, what I mean? It's an obvious sign. It's just like, dude, these guys are idiots. And how was you know how was the the, the tax system back then too? Was for it, sure was it easily tracked that this guy had this much cash? You know, or, or you know, like you said, he's out there just flaunting it around. Dude, you got a fucking sick trench coat worth a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, like, like you're best, going down, bro. The best suit, amazing, you know, huge coat like that, and then you know he's got. The best looking top hat in town, you know. Ten ladies on his arm. Ten, it's like <laughs> ten fucking ladies of the evening. Yeah, for sure. Like that he's paying off. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, it just it just to me like if like let's say we got into the gangster business, Eric. Yeah. Um, you know what? I would I would stash that shit away and just spend small amounts at a time. They'd never track it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the feds would never be like, oh. 
He's driving a fucking Ford Focus. He's not. He's not. He doesn't have cash. I was just gonna you say. Know you know, mean? you just get a, a, you know, a modest vehicle. Live in a a modest house. You know, and and uh, never have to worry. Never have to worry. Just, I know, just right? It's buy your people, groceries, and that's people get it. greedy, like, dude. It's like you just want to be the, lavish. You know, vacations and shit all the time. It's like it's fucking like, Bezos, dude. You have like trillions of dollars. You just sit on that cash and just like. <laughs> Like a exactly. dragon, you oh, know what I mean? God. Like hissing at people, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's literally like, why? You know what <laughs> he I mean? He's a mountain like, of cash that he sits can we, on. Can we just say like once you get a, like $10 million, you just get a, a an award that says I won capitalism and just quit? I won you capitalism. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Capitalism champion. Capitalism champion, 2023, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Super Bowl of capitalism. <laughs> So, in 1951, the place started finally becoming legit and was renamed to Wandawega Lake Resort by its new owners. Resort. Loosely. It's a small, small <laughs> resort, right? Loosely. Miniature resort. Short people was one. <laughs> yeah. This becomes an affordable retreat for our fib friends to the south. It has a bar, and it's a popular setting on a stop for year-round kind of activities going right, on. Right, because e- even in the winter, there's great things to do down there. Yeah, I mean, then they had like a food type thing, which we're going to talk about. So nice it actually featured, yeah. Yeah, it featured some of the finest Polish-style cooking as they had their best choice of cut meats, veggies, and delicious foods, some of it being imported into the yeah. area. Oh, which wow. Is incre- yeah. From I mean, Canada. I mean, <laughs> he has a moose. <laughs> It was imported from Minnesota. <laughs> it features some of the finest. Oh, sorry. This all goes way up until 1961 when the Catholic Church ends up purchasing the property by blessed and blessed by the Cardinal Archbishop Mayer. It is eventually handed over to the Latvian Marian Fathers, who were the priests of the church who left the war turn Europe um, during the Soviet Union right. time, and they wanted the to get state. out. Of, yeah. And they were able to go home, uh, and they were not able to go home due to the current Soviet state, calling it Vanda Viga, obviously, with their uh, Slavic language. Yeah, with there. their sloppy talk. <laughs> As they call it. And it was actually a place for them for retirement. It was actually just where the priests could go to retire after wow. when it was purchased. But in the 1970s, the Latvian convert uh, converted the church to a church camp, which became a summer camp and gathering place for the Catholic Latvians, looking for to maintain some sense of community with people traveling over 4,500 miles to get there. A lot of Latvian um, sure. d- descent going there to the summer camp. Yeah. And the summer camp becomes a place for swimming, hiking, camping, fishing, crafts, and your usual summer camp doings. You know, experimenting, yep. making out with some chicks, getting a rub and tizug, second a beach, base, second base, casting the line, getting a tug. <laughs> you know, the huge, the camp, the summer camp things. Catching you know, some bass and some ass. Oh yeah, ass to, bass to mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or whatever that if was. That had, boat you came up with the bass to mouth ship. If I did ever own uh, a, a yacht, which you know we've we've discussed what what makes it a yacht versus just a boat. And uh, I believe it is the length of it, uh, you know, by by standards, it has to be, you know, something over 36 feet or something like that, or it has to be 36 feet or something. But if I did ever own a yacht, it would absolutely say bass to mouth. And it would have the two in the, instead of the word, you know, two T-O, it would have the number two, bass to mouth. I always wanted to get a kayak that says, uh... (laughs) I fucking this thing. (laughs) I got a yak boat to get some back. You want to- <laughs> <laughs> or whatever I was going to yeah, It was yeah. something stupid on Jesus. it. But yeah, so dumb. But um, yeah, so actually when we were growing up, it was actually a summer camp. 
And I remember, like, yeah. in in like the the mid '90s or whatever, I always used to watch that show, Salute Your Shorts. And oh, I used yeah. to thought I used to think it was like filmed there, like because that was they, it, yeah, because it had like that archway and like the flags and stuff. Out and there. the archway was the the words were made just out of sticks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like used to watch Salute My Shorts. Like, was that filmed there? I was just a kid, yeah. obviously, but I used to remember like thinking that. That's and, funny. Uh, in 2003, uh, following the sale, the current owners, of course. Um, you know, the Soviet collapse in the 80s, the, a lot of the people kind of dispersed, but the owners who were actually a member of this ended up buying it and turning it what we know today as Camp Wandawiga. And it's actually, a, a, like, a destination for people to come. I mean, oh, yeah. I think even a Perba had made a post about, I don't know if she went there or if she, if this is on, like, the bucket list, but... That's so cool because it is. Uh, it, it's, it's so close. To it's your like house, right in my backyard. Man. I know, but they have like you know now today. Obviously, they have like music, weddings, um, summer camp. They have a lot of things going on there, and yeah. you can actually rent the space. I think they even have like some art things that go Amazing on there. Stuff, Just yeah. really cool stuff going on. But yeah, definitely a place you got to have on your bucket list. But uh, from camping to hose, yeah. Wanda Wega has it all. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is your one stop shop destination for debauchery. Um, <laughs> no, not so much anymore. Not but. so much anymore. <laughs> but it, in the twenties to you know fifties, it was a a hopping joint before the uh, different religious groups kind of got involved, yeah, making it more of a you know a, a place a, a place for you know retirement for you know archbishops and shit and and. Uh, it once had a, a very nice livelihood. And I remember like <laughs> I, I remember being on that lake and trying to sneak on the camp. Like in the like I don't think it was summer t- it might have it might have been like some... early spring or yeah. summer, but I remember yeah. trying to get in there and like explore. Or yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I mean I don't know when it technically reopened as, you know, the thing that's that's there now, like the nicer looking resort and, and a and a cool destination camping kind of thing. I don't know when that converted and when that started. Um but uh it definitely, like I said, it's it's cool now. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, back when we knew it, it was kind of like more of a rundown looking thing. And and again, that was, you know, '90s. This was, you know, a kind of um, a, a down period. I think in some of that kind of activity, I think more people were like, oh, "Let's go to Florida for you know vacation." Yeah, for sure. I always wanted I always wanted my parents to like ditch me for the summer so I could experience that, but I never ended See, up. See, I going, never did you know? any summer camps either. Like I, where I did you were some gone summer for like school three weeks stuff where it was like nature stuff. Well, I had you know, summer school because like I was such a bad fucking student. I just had to do it for extra stuff. Yeah, that's because you were a good decent student. <laughs> Moderately decent, dude. With all the dick drawings. Well, nobody, and stuff, yeah, nobody's and, like, looking all the up other, to you. Yeah. You're not a model student. Somehow dude. somehow I got away with a lot. Like I I was yeah. like a good student, good standing, but I also did a lot of terrible shit. I mean, I'm telling you, dude, down by down at Lake Wandawigo, which my house, my childhood home, is on the other side from the uh, from Camp Wandawiga. So, um, you can access uh, Wandawiga by going down uh, County Road A, and then you can take a right down uh, Tippecanoe is one of the roads, uh, and then also University and Walnut are like the the three roads, and then Laurel. Those are on my side of the lake, and then the other side of the lake is once you turn down. Wisconsin uh, from uh, county or from Highway 12. Um, you turn left down Wisconsin, or you can turn left down actual like Wandawiga Road, um, and that's where like Ben and Ethan used to live. Yep. So we would go on their side of the lake quite a bit. They had actually a way better pier that you could swim and fish off of. Um, the only thing that that sucks about this lake is that getting down to the lake, no matter what, it's a hike because it's uh it's very steep and it's down kind of in the valley almost from every side except for the tip that's uh right next to like county road uh, or uh, highway 12 
I, I know the public beach to get down to. It's yeah. like super steep stairs, and it I is. totally biff some ass. Yeah, we we, you, we would like you know towards the you know the the high school years and stuff when I was going down there, we would yeah get drunk. And, and you fall down those uh, stairs, yep. you'll wreck Every yourself. Time, oh, man. And going down, not so bad. Going up is a bitch. Oh, yeah. When you're out there all day in the heat. And you're, and full, of, you're full of sand and you just feel like garbage. You're or, full of sand and liquor. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. But, yeah, definitely go and check that out. Make it a stop for you guys. Um, It's Eric's backyard, so you'll be in his territory, yeah. his old school hometown territory. Pick up your cans. <laughs> yeah, definitely do that. Don't leave any see- doobies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be smoking J's yeah. out there. Pick up your panties, all right? <laughs> but that's going to conclude today's episode now on to our music segment all right so on to our music segment uh like we said at the top this is a band called decibully awesome i mean like so this was the time period um when we me and eric were kind of hanging out more uh bands like the hives were coming out the strokes and kind of yeah. that indie sound kind of that like and almost progressive too to a to a way it's like the indie alternative but with like progressive styles because it was a heavy with like synth and uh, and the bass sound was more of a synth bass kind of a sound you know when my like the period before this was like a terrible time for me in music i listened to some pretty bad stuff i'm talking about like bisque limp hansen hansen limp bisque like corn you know like stuff that was the true prog rock yeah and that was like the new metal scene before i discovered the strokes it changed my life completely i mean like and this was one of the bands that was like milwaukee's answer to, to the to that music style, right. and I initially when I heard these guys, I bought like two of the albums right away. I was Me, like, yeah, it's right in our backyard. These guys are freaking phenomenal. And they're on, I think they're on Polyvinyl, which was kind of one of the big record companies at the time, but yeah. producing a lot of the indie tracks. Yep, yeah, and and you know the the song that we're featuring is called Penny Look Down, and it's uh, I mean the 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 opening of it, the intro stuff is just uh, it's enough to just get you hooked. Like oh for sure. If this was the first track you heard, you know, back when you were like, okay, I heard this, and then I bought two albums, I could totally see why because this thing is absolutely amazing. From you know that that first few seconds uh, um, when that comes in with that sort of like synth and and new wave kind of like alternative indie. For sure. I mean, that, it's just like, amazing. Kind of like like angular riff, I guess you would kind of call it stuff. But it's like, for me, it's like, you know, they formed in 2001. I probably didn't get around to seeing these guys because I, I just started getting into that kind of music around that time period, 2000, 2001, with the Strokes and the Hives. and you, you know Von Von guy. Yeah, Von Bondies and stuff. As soon as I heard that, I changed immediately. Like, White Stripes came out around that time. And I was yeah, like, Spoon. this is amazing. Like, like, we started getting into a lot more... Um, of that indie rock kind of stuff. And then, like you said, as soon as the, the hives and the strokes and, um, even like the killers were similar yeah, they to were, that time. They were around like 2006. They were right. a little after, but they were in that indie range. I think, I think hot know? fuss is like, uh, 2004. Some, I uh, say. It might be 2005, 2006. I want to say, I don't know for it sure, could be. but I do, you know, what was really cool is, um, when I discovered these guys, I kind of fell in love right away. And obviously they've disbanded in 2011 was like, I think their last show, but you know, want to know what we got to feature Wisconsin music. We got to keep them alive. I hope you guys really enjoy it. It's a great song. It'll get you hooked right away. But again, this is Desiboli Penny Look Down. i 
Kind of an abrupt ending there. Yeah, I cut <laughs> off pretty quick there. Yeah. Wowza, dude! Um, holy shit! It just bam, bam, bam. Well, I think they're just done. Yeah, um, I think that's it. The show's they, over. They didn't <laughs> head on home. You know, that's that's always the toughest part. Uh, I've noticed while being in a cover band that the endings are always the hardest thing. Like, because a lot of times it's a fade out in the studio. Well, how do you do that live? You For don't. Sure. So then you have to come up with, um, you know, your own unique ending to make it easy between you know all three or four musicians or whatever it is it's, it's crazy but so what's crazy about that track is i think yeah. it went into another one after it it's just like the full it's track supposed so to like, be the gapples yeah back. yeah exactly so it cuts off abruptly but yeah decibully again amazing band uh, they're disbanded but please go and check out their other stuff support local music obviously and buy some of these albums i mean that's what me and eric spend so much money on it's like, well because <laughs> you unreal. know the each song you know typically if you're buying from um, like Bandcamp or iTunes, which is pretty much the stuff that we do. iTunes is, is a lot easier for us because it, it works so seamlessly inside of logic, but the, the, yeah, each song is like a dollar or a dollar 20 or something. And if you want to do the whole album, which is generally the better way to do it, cause you save a few dollars by doing that, but it's like nine bucks. Oh, so. I mean, like with this show with 134 episodes and buying like a lot of these tracks, I mean, we've probably spent like three, 400 bucks. I, yeah. Music, I would if not more music wise, I, we're probably up towards 500 bucks. Yeah. I would think that's yeah. probably about the range we're in right now. So pretty much all our Patreons go up to beer and music. Which yeah. It's cool. Cause I, I really do like supporting local. I mean, that's just what we do. I mean, that's the whole point of the podcast. You well, know? It's, it's kind of nice. a hobby project and yeah. And, and I think for both of us, sometimes, you know, we've, we've stumbled across totally new things that we didn't even know about oh man Brand, um, bands that reached bands out to that us we that we've know, never even heard of breweries and stuff that uh i mean we had no idea even existed because there's so many um we have a book that's um uh specifically just about the the craft breweries and the microbreweries in the state of wisconsin 
so many of them are are in there and so many aren't like I, we have a whole back page that we've had to fill out on the back of that um for all the ones that just aren't in that book because we were wh- trying to keep track for the longest time yeah and what's sad is like a lot of them in the book don't even exist because covid like killed a few of them you know and covid just killed been a them. huge bummer big breweries uh you know i don't want to say big breweries but um the bigger more notable ones uh in the craft micro scene so i would consider like lakefront and uh um lining kugels and stuff those kind of because they are just so much more readily available uh they don't have any any you know restrictions as far as uh uh, shipping you know to certain counties and stuff they sort of wiped them out too you know in a way and you know what? We haven't had a lot of interviews, but actually we've been reaching out more and more. And with like the new year and uh, Christmas and stuff, I think people are just kind of catching up. We yeah. will have Carbon 4 on. We Carbon will have some, some of these other breweries that I've reached out to. A lot of them were just like th- the time was just not right for right. them. And we want to get back into that because that's one thing we actually really love doing is interviewing and learning a little bit about the brewery. Yeah. So you guys can actually go out there and check out that brewery. Right. And, and just, and just to give point. you an idea of styles and stuff, which... You know, we we actually will move right into our beer segment here. Yeah, the, it's perfect transition. A review right? here for uh, uh, the new year, our yeah, first it, our first beer. And this brewery, I've had a chance to go to in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. We're talking about Firmatorium. Um, cool, cool place. I'm going to be honest. It's a really cool place, and it's a really nice area. I don't know if you've ever been to Cedarburg. Yeah. Cedarburg's awesome. Yeah, I think they're home to, like, the Strawberry Festival, too, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they are. And it's, that's a huge event, too. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, huge. So, yeah, this one is the Stone Hearth Dunkelweizen. It is a German-style dark wheat ale. It's coming in at 6.4% ABV, so a little higher up there. I mean, it's kind of mid-range, I would think. For yeah. It's not bad, but on the can, it's kind of a cool mosaic of, like, stones. It almost looks like when I did my chimney, when I did the stone veneer on it. It's literally like a similar pattern to the stone veneer on that. So It really is, yeah, and it's got... Almost like the, the colors of like stained glass, but they're like totally muted. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. It's pretty rad. And on the can, it says, as the weather gets cooler, we like our beers darker and more malty, which we talk about that all the time. I do. I know you're not a huge darker beer fan. I still no, do. And, in this time of year, it just fills me up. And actually, I had one in the, we just got done doing the um, advent calendar from um, Mobcraft. And there actually was one or two in there of the 24 that were really good uh that were more stout or uh um that the higher viscosity yeah i pretty you good know, i like him because he just like fill me up and warm me up this time of year and this is one of them yeah um this is the fraternal twin to our golden spiral the traditional german style dunkelweizen uses a combination of barley wheat and hefeweizen yeast to impart flavor and aroma of banana and clove with a caramel sweetness enjoy the seasonal ale during the fall and winter which Obviously, we talk about that all the time about transitioning. Like, you know, you can still have a wheat beer in the winter, but it's nice to have this like big dank yeah. beer this time and, of year fills you up. And they really are. I mean, they're like there is a noticeable difference in uh, how how it makes your body feel when it's a have heavier, uh, more you know viscous beer. It's uh, um, it, it like you just said, it kind of warms you up a little bit when you drink it, even if it is you know a fucking a beer at thirty degrees or whatever. The um, it, it just kind of almost makes makes your blood feel thicker. For sure. Yeah, in this one, obviously, you're not going to get a lot of that hop flavor coming through. There is some in there. Um, you know, this does have that, that, I guess, banana aroma when you open it. Initially, it kind of hits you. Like when you open the can, like with the carbonation there, it hits you right away. Yeah. You're definitely getting that caramel sweetness. You're getting that, like... 
well, seasonal seasonal chocolate. Those malts literally. almost get to a point when they're when they're cooking in that in that mash of like caramelized, like you're saying, and it, and so it brings out uh, the really deep flavors of all that malt uh, inside of that that brew in that mash. Yeah, and this one isn't as dark as like a stout, where it's like almost like a motor oil. This one's more right. of like a, a medium brown color, kind of a fall winter style it's it's very kind of looks like a good root beer uh, uh around the rim after yeah you yeah it's it's definitely a delicious beer um we got this one at the old is this one a sendix sendix yeah, yeah. The mix and match uh build your own russ and i did uh um a, it, just a couple weeks ago and uh we found some really good ones oh some i've never even seen before yeah. which is crazy they, they have an awesome selection but yeah, I always like the name Send Dicks, like Send Dicks in the mail, but like it's always a joke we make. Like, <laughs> and um, the other thing, and, and uh, you know, whatever. If uh, if um, th- this is kind of irrelevant, but this last time when we did the mix and match for two years now, you know, two and a half years we've been doing this thing, and um, every time we do a mix and match, I have I, I just bought two of each, thinking. You know, you can have one, I can have one. And this last time, we kind of thought, well, we could really, like, make the budget stretch a little bit more <laughs> yeah, yeah, if we sure. just bought one of each. And use, like, a cup to fill it. Exactly. Because like, then we can see the or coloration. Or back and forth. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Because like, you, you can are... see the coloration, you kind of get the aroma more, and it's like, right. you save a lot of money, we have more beers to review. Because, like, we were spending so much on the doubles. Like, you like, get, like, two mix and matches for, like... You know, twelve like, bucks a piece. I was just gonna say, there at, at some of the places we've gone to, a mix and match isn't even a, a dedicated like deal. It, you know how like they'll say, put six beers in here, and it's just you know a flat fifteen bucks. Yeah, this some one, of them are like per two, can, three bucks, five bucks. Each can is like two or three bucks. Yeah, there's some that were like higher, like the bigger pint sized ones. I think yeah. were like three or four bucks. Some I know. of them five bucks because they were special brews. But again, yeah, this one is from their traditional series, which is kind of their uh, Amish historical brewing styles. Oh, yeah, gotcha. yeah. And I think this one's actually keeping with the Raheiska boot because it only has like the, you know, malts, the, yeah, the uh, malt, the yeast, the water, yep. just simple. And uh, yeah, and th- this one is letting our brewmaster showcase an attention to detail that yields a clean traditional beer. And this one I think does follow. I mean, if this was like. In some kind of beer competition, this one definitely follows the guidelines of a Dunkel Weizen. I mean, it's freaking delicious. It, yeah, and and so the the thing that I like about you know kind of like these Dunkels uh, that are the Dunkel Weizen, they are they they have that really rich body of like your higher viscous uh, viscosity kind of you know beers, but it also has like the the good carbonation of you know like a oh, lager. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised at the amount of carbonation, which is yeah. actually good when you because normally it. it, you know, you're drinking it and it's like it almost seems flat because it's just so full bodied and full of that that sugars from the from the from the malts and stuff yeah. that uh, the carbonation kind of gets lost in it. This one, it's it's crazy because it is very bubbly and it's and but it still has that thickness. Yeah, and you're not going to get that froth mustache like you do with like a Guinness or something where it just like sticks on your lip and you look like Santa Claus for about five seconds and then pops. Holy away. Santa Claus shit! <laughs> you look like Santa. Yeah, <laughs> nice beard. But again, check this one out. We found this one at Sendix, and again is the Stone Hearth Dunkelweizen from Fermentorium. Great beer, highly recommend. Grab a seat, gather round, join. For a chat, how many logos you 
<laughs> All right, folks. Do we got a hilarious one for you today? And we are just laughing at this mugshot. It's been ongoing for so long. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> so it was funny is we we both saw this article. We knew right away. We sent it to each other, which is funny. Within a few days of yeah. each other. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Okay, Eric, do you want to read this fucker if you can maintain yeah. it? Okay, let's go. <laughs> oh, shit. Holy shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> the article uh, headline is, Man Arrested After Four OWIs in One Month. This was in December. Uh, twice passed out at Wisconsin intersections. Jeez. And they got the mugshot. Mm. So, this guy's named <laughs> after a professional basket player, right? Yeah, we, we can't say who... <laughs> But, but uh, let's just say he's not going to be able to hit a basket anytime soon. It's totally a slam flunk. <clears throat> there is no way this guy could ever hit a basket. He's looking at the past and present at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I fucked up in the left yeah. eye and the right eye is looking to the future. He's like, I got to make a change. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shit. So uh, a man from southern Wisconsin has been arrested after receiving four OWIs within the month of December. Officers had found him passed out at intersections on two different occasions. Um, hey, that's an easy way to call out uh, and let everybody know you're just fucking hammered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just take a fucking nap at an intersection. Um, according to Janesville Police, uh, the four incidents <laughs> took place on December 8th, Jesus. 10th, the 23rd, and the 25th. So he got one on Christmas. You want to know? He left, he left a couple days and he got one. And then he left a good gap. Like he had a good good solid couple weeks. He was there. okay for a second, yeah. Yeah, he was doing all right for a couple weeks. And then he just went back to it. And he got two two days apart and then another two days apart. So. Yeah. All right. Oof. I mean, his 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 right eye already knew he had the other ones. <laughs> he <laughs> he looked in the already future. He looked, the, he looked in the future. He's like, I'm getting four this month. I yeah. knew it. Um, so uh, on December 8th, around 1245 a.m., a traffic complaint was called into Rock County Dispatch about a driver who was passed out in the middle of the intersection of Ruger and uh, Jefferson Ave. Hey, Ruger, that's right over by uh, my uh, my grandparents. There. Yeah, it was actually kind of in that area, too. I was over on Garfield when yeah. I lived there. So, um, The driver, like we said, named after a very prominent uh, basketball figure, uh, was reportedly unresponsive when officers arrived. Um, the release states that the vehicle was still running and in drive, in fact. Holy fuck. Oh, that's scary. <clears throat> and I, the officers are lucky that, you know, if they if they were trying to get his he attention, could, he didn't, like, just gun it. He couldn't like, see the after key. he woke he up. He couldn't see the keys in the ignition, dude. Yeah. He was looking at someone else on the street. He was pressing the wrong pedal because his eyes <laughs> fucked up. You <laughs> <clears throat> said it's the one on the right, right? <laughs> fuck, my eyes are goofy. He keeps popping the hood open. <laughs> Um, the the uh, the police also had uh, assistance from the Janesville Fire Department. They broke out the rear driver's side window, got in, and and helped him at least put the vehicle in park. Um, he was displaying signs of impairment, obviously from um, some sort of substance or alcohol. Um, probably other than alcohol, I would assume. If they're yeah, I'm guessing if they're some... saying <clears throat> impairment from a substance, I'm I'm assuming they're. They're they're in the know that this isn't just liquor. He might be running an H train. He oh yeah, that's, that's true. what I'm thinking. Um, a Department of Transportation record uh, showed he had one prior OWI conviction before this one on the eighth. And now remember, the one on the eighth is the first one in, J in uh, December, rather. So um, he had been uh, suspended. Um, he did have uh, um, he did have some other things on his record as well. This one was then operating. Um, Operating while intoxicated for a second offense. So the one on December 8th is number two. 
Um, then on uh, December 10th, um, he uh, this is like 5 p.m., officers received another complaint about a man who was displaying odd behavior and possibly under the influence from an employee at some local business. Um, the employee stated that they were very concerned for the man and he was uh, about to you know, be driving. So when officers arrived, they noticed uh, the, uh, the individual uh, was reportedly admitted uh, to driving uh, to the business. So right there, he already said, yes, I was driving. So by, by admission by himself, he's guilty. Um, uh, it was at this time that the officers noticed signs of impairment from substances again, other than alcohol. Um, he failed a standardized field sobriety tests and was arrested for operating while intoxicated. Second events, uh, due to the prior offense still pending, oh, um, this one still kind of sits as a second, uh, because all of them are going to be held at different times and, and he'll be prosecuted at different times. So it's, yeah, <laughs> through, through, uh, just, you know, you know, random happenstance, this guy's, you know, still sitting at two, even though he's had three <laughs> officers say that, uh, uh, the individual was later released to a responsible party, which is pretty typical. And then on December 23rd, so he had that gap, like Russ said, from yeah, the 10th had, to the 23rd. He had a good, good solid two weeks. Good, there. good run, man. Good run, good yeah, run. Later for a couple weeks at least. So this is 7 p.m. Authorities got another call about a vehicle in a ditch near uh, Afton Road and Highway 11. When officers got to the scene, they found the driver, who they would later identify as the same motherfucker they've been pulling over for the last couple weeks. Um, he's totally unresponsive. Um, once again, shows signs of impairment from substances other than alcohol and failed field sobriety tests. So this guy is just batting a thousand here. Um, he was then, uh, arrested for operating while intoxicated second offense, of course, because the, uh, two prior offenses, both still pending. Um, he was then, uh, also cited for operating while suspended again, misdemeanor bail jumping. Um, but once again, this guy got released to a responsible party. I'm saying this party's not that responsible. No, they're not helping him out. That's for sure. No, he needs to be like locked in a room. For he a just while. yeah. He should. He, he needs to sober up, bud. He should probably have some jail time in order to think about some shit. Oh yeah. Um, and then Christmas Day, about 6:50 p.m., Janesville Police Department responded to a call stating that a driver was again passed out in the driver's seat while stopped at an intersection. Oof. When officers arrived, they spotted a car stopped at a stop sign at the intersection of Sunset and Bond. Uh, with the vehicle, again, still running. Um, while speaking to the driver, who was later identified again as the same motherfucker they've been pulling over for weeks, um, officers say that marijuana was in plain view inside the vehicle, so he's got some... He's in love with Mary Jane. He, yeah, he's smoking the sticky. Um, as a result, uh, this guy was arrested for operating while intoxicated. Again, second offense, just due to the other one still pending. Um, operating while suspended, possession of marijuana, and misdemeanor bail jumping, so... Now he's got like all of these stacked up things as well. That I remember my first not beers. Good. Yeah, dude. Jeez. This guy is why, why yeah, glutton for punishment, man. Did, did he not even consider any of this shit? Like that's so dumb. Um but that's all the information we have. I um, mean, yeah, I mean we got we got his age. We know the his man. eyes are fucked. <laughs> Slam flunk. He's like not going to hit any baskets anytime soon, even though he's yeah. named after a sick basketball player that we all yeah. grew up admiring. We don't admire this guy. No. So no. he got the quattro in one month. He's uh, I'm guessing he's a little new to whatever he's doing, whatever substance is going on. So I don't think it's going to be a high loco. <clears throat> to no. be honest, I think he's a newbie. I remember my first beer type guy. Yeah. And I'll be honest, whatever he's on, I don't want to do because if it did that to him. 
<clears throat> we're fucked. His eyes are going further apart as he's doing whatever he's doing. It's just like, <laughs> they're With gonna each... be in his ears pretty soon. He's just gonna be like, he's, he's gonna, gonna be, be like a head shark. He's gonna be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be like a fish in a little bit if he keeps it up. But I really hope this guy gets some help, man. I mean, like that's rough. Four in one month, like you got some problems going on. Yeah, he probably needs to be in prison to be honest for a little while, just kind of figure out his life situation. Well, he's gonna be. Yeah, and that's uh, again kind of the. I know we're laughing and we're joking about it, but at the same time, you know, we're we're just as serious about the idea that uh, impaired driving is not a good idea. And no. uh, stay home if you're going to do some wild mm, shit. You know, right. like I I do. I mean, it's it sucks. Or or get a sober. So, I was just going to say. I mean, like have some so, kind of plan in place. I mean, so incredibly easy in today's day and age to just be responsible by getting. A ride share because it's it's so readily available in all of these and i know in janesville it can take you know sometimes up to 20 minutes for your driver to arrive because they might be coming from yeah literally Rockford the other side of fucking town who you know? knows yeah there's not a ton of uber <clears throat> drivers but still if you got to pay 200 bucks it, you're saving thousands in well, freaking legal fees it's <laughs> 10 times better than you know the any other outcome you know in these cases he's lucky he didn't hurt anybody for sure or kill anybody he's but he's a, a major, uh, uh, you know, problem for the city because he's in the car, passed out. Vehicle is still in drive. If anything happens and he wakes up and and just floors it for any reason, I mean, it, it's so dangerous. It's just so bad. And uh, I, I guess just to get on another point, he's releasing this guy to a responsible party is is something that's. It, that's like saved for, a, you know, somebody who was driving and you pulled them over for not using a, a, a turn signal. And then they find out that you were drunk. This guy is passed out at an intersection. I mean, that's, in my opinion, just that that's too, too risky of a thing to be able to say that, that he's, you know, being released just on signature bond by, you know, and then taken home by a responsible party. That's just, in my opinion... <laughs> The state of Wisconsin I, needs to tighten tighten up on that. I think he's listened to the Space Jam soundtrack way too often. It fucking and, spaced his fucking eyeballs. No, and <laughs> space hams. And then he was like listening to uh, Fly Like an Eagle, and he took the lyrics a little wrong. Yeah. He went flying high, but he didn't quite make it home. Yeah. So... Um, but no, what do you got, Eric? I mean, he's kind of, a, I think he's a, he's kind of a first beer type guy. I don't think he's going to be high in the, on the local level, to be no. honest with you. I just don't think he like, we're, he doesn't have the tolerance. Like, and I think, you know, again, this is kind of one of those ones that we're going to do a little bit of a conversion, uh, from, uh, from drugs to alcohol to kind of be able to fare, fare this was, up. Was there any alcohol involved or was it mostly like drugs? I'm, I'm Some assuming, sort of drugs? I'm assuming alcohol okay. was still involved too. There's probably yeah. a combination of things. Yeah, yeah. So we got to kind of convert here. I mean, he, to me, he's kind of a newbie, right? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he's drinking heavy, so maybe he is at a higher loco, though, and he just can't handle it. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what are you thinking? Well, I've got I've got a number, and and okay. we can just throw it out uh, on three, and uh, we'll see where we where we land. Sure. All right. One, two, three, eighteen. Eight. Oh, I was going 18 because I think he's like not that not that he can't handle it, right? Like he's just drinking over much. He's had he's had those cans of loco and he and can't he is take just like it. Passed out, you know? Yeah, he's just partying hard, dude. He doesn't realize he can't handle it though. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't know his limit. Like we know 12 loco is the limit, and you got to stop. Oh yeah. Otherwise, you're going into a gutter, and you're gonna look like a fool. Oh yeah. You know, gonna... like your pants will be around your ankles. Like oh yeah. Shit in your pants, possibly pee. There possible oh. pee is possible at pee. that point. <laughs> 
Pee and poop, definitely possible. Definitely a possibility. There's, there's nothing out of the question when you're at that local level. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I was kind of thinking lower at the first time, too. Do you kind of want to meet somewhere in the middle, man, maybe? I, I mean... I, I was, I'll move. I'll move lower if you think that's the way to go. We, like, maybe as first beer type guy. This I, is a really question. I'm willing to go to the 12. You really? I'll stick with the 12 local. But, may, but maybe because of the, the way that you just kind of broke it down, we got to go to 13. We're, we're stepping one up. We have to you're go moving, one up. You're moving he, my way? He, Dang. Okay. Here's the thing. I like what you said, though, because if you get to the 12, that's like the... that's You could still probably function. You're not going to shit your pants. But you go to that 13, that's shit pants. You could definitely yeah. end up making duties. <laughs> There's definitely racing stripes the next day. And that's day. when you your know eyes I mean? start doing that kind of thing. Yeah. You definitely don't want to be wearing the white Hanes in this situation yeah. at all. This is like more of a boxer white brief Hanes, black. big stains. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we always for sure. say. yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to go with the black boxer briefs, man. They cover it yeah. up. If you're gonna pee your pants, hey, it's dark. No one's gonna know. Yeah. It's gonna look a little You'll darker. Stink. It's, it's, yeah, it's gonna look a little darker. But you got to get Just... close up in that sucker to see it. You know, you got to get like eyes deep in that <laughs> piss to see it. So you know what? My saying is always wear the black. You don't have to worry about a shard attack. That's yeah, my. Exactly. That's the my shard attack. Yep. You know what? The racing stripes don't show up. The pee stains don't show up. You're gonna yep. pass on a gutter. Shit your pants. Hey, it's black. You'll never see you the brown. Still walk home. <laughs> you can still <laughs> you can still keep on moving. <laughs> so yeah, Eric, 12, 12 local. Do you want to yeah. sound the gavel on this guy? All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.